being a woman in the industry is different. And there are people that deny that and say, you know, harassment or discrimination doesn't exist. But the fact is it does. And there's so many women that have these stories to tell. I mean, nearly every woman I know has a story, which is unfortunate. Welcome to another episode of Extra Innings with host Jay Myers. Join us as Jay talks to business leaders and mentors about their journey through entrepreneurship, leadership, and more. Welcome to Extra Innings. I'm your host, Jay Myers. And today I'm delighted to have a good friend of mine uh, that we've known for several years. It used to be, I guess, technically my boss for a while when I was writing <laughs> for the System Contractor News, uh, Megan Dada, Dada, who is with Rave Agency, have I got that right, Megan? Launch, and, uh, launch. She has a big title as the Emerging Markets Director. So, uh, Megan, welcome to the show and appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. This is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Megan, um, I know some of the background from having worked with you in the past, and this is just a fun uh, podcast. There's nothing heavy lifting here, but for the listeners out there, um, Maybe it'd be a good thing, way to start is just to kind of tell us, you know, where you came from, your background, whether it be you know, school, university, uh, professional companies, this and that, whatever you want to share with us, just to get us started, and then we'll move into some other things. Sure. So I started out my career in marketing and public relations, working for uh, a few real estate associations, and I was with one of them and just looking for a new job. It was a very small team. I had outgrown my role there and I came across an ad for a trade show coordinator at Peerless AV. And I was young at the time. I was still living at home. They were eight stop signs from my parents' house. And I said, wow, that would be really convenient for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I applied, got the job and I was at Peerless for 11 years. I started out trade show coordinator, worked my way up to trade show and events manager, and eventually ran the entire marketing department. And, you know, at a certain point, I'd been there 11 years, there was just nowhere else for me to go. I was looking for a new challenge. And I, we were an advertiser with systems contractor news. So I reached out to my ad rep and said, Hey, like, is anybody looking for a marketing person? He said, no, but we're looking for an editor. Would you like to come work at SCN? And I said, absolutely. You know, two weeks later, I had a job offer and started working there and I was there for several years. It was, you know, a really wonderful time to get to know more of the industry. I had worked uh, at Peerless AV for a long time and, you know, I knew a lot of other competitors from mount companies. I knew a lot of the display manufacturers, but working at SCN, I got to expand my friendships in the industry even more to people I, you know, probably never would have met, including you, if I stayed at Peerless and uh, about a year and a half ago, I was talking to Gary and he said, Gary Kay is the founder of Rave Pubs. He said, why don't you come work for me? And he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Let me write my own job description, ask me what I wanted to do. And I really had to think about that, you know, like they obviously already had Rave Pubs and I love emerging tech and new things. And I'm really into where the industry is going rather than where it is right now. And he said, why don't we start a, like a publication for emerging technologies? So we started Launch Code, which is a, the digital publication for emerging technologists. And also I help run the launch division, which is our virtual events division, which ties in nicely with my background in events. I have a master's degree actually in event planning that I got while working at Peerless. So it's been a fun ride, a fun year and a half. And 
trying to make waves and get some people in the industry that, you know, want to be innovators and early adopters of this technology that we see coming. We've been writing for the last year and a half about virtual production. And now the industry's sort of catching up, but I think our launch code fans are better prepared for that because we've been doing launch and learn, which is what we call webinars about that. We've been writing about it, talking to them about it. So we really want to be the publication of the future. That's a year ahead, year or two ahead of where the AV industry is. That's great. Uh, for all the listeners out there, just a point of edification and it just something to, to, to get the connection, uh, uh, the clear connection between the two of us, Megan and myself, is that I, uh, Megan was gracious enough to let me write a uh, column that I'm still writing for the uh, System Contractor News called Viewpoint. And I think Megan re uh, recognized that, and the folks at System Contractor News, they recognized early on, he's not going to write about technology. He's going to write about business. He's going to write about other things that are important to him. Uh, not the technology, you know, that I, but I'm not the bits and bytes guy. I'm the guy that uh, was writing about other things and, you know, profitability and maybe selling the business and doing some other things. But I really appreciate that opportunity, Megan. I have to tell you that in person. It's just, it, it's really kind of been an interesting segment of my career. And, you know, I'm a marketing guy. I never, my wife majored in journalism. I didn't know anything about writing. I just, as you could tell, I just write for my heart. I just write for whatever's in my head. I just put it on paper. To be honest, same. I I mean, I've always, I've loved writing. You know, my mom enrolled me in creative writing classes when I was younger, but I didn't go to school for journalism. I went to school for marketing. And I think there's so many similarities. You know, you're paying attention when you're in marketing, you're paying attention to what's going on in the industry. You're paying attention to who's in the industry, what they want to know. It's a natural fit. And I think, Jay, your perspective is unique because you obviously you say you're not technical. You are obviously you had a very successful <laughs> integration business, but at the same time, those business lessons are critical for integrators to learn and grow. Like, yes, obviously the business owners pay attention to that things, but even if you're an installation tech, maybe one day you want to own your own firm. So reading articles like that about how you grew your business, how you developed a company culture. I mean, you've written about so much for us. I could go on and on naming mm -hmm. things, but there's so many things that people do need to learn. You need to learn business skills and technical skills. Well, I appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you again for the opportunity. Megan, this isn't on the list of questions, but you know me, I've always throw different uh, <laughs> challenges at you sometimes, right? But I've been intrigued over the last several weeks and been tracking what your organization's doing. And so I guess this is kind of a, just a oblong type of question or just whatever, but something that's kind of bothered me, and I know it's bothered you, and you're doing something about it is that the, the career opportunities, you created your own with this emerging technology position and driving that in the AV industry. And the listeners out there, you know, the AV industry is a very large industry, but, you know, I think has been challenged by innovation, some other things out there through the years. But particularly, I want to I want to get your opinion and, and talk about the opportunities that women have in AV and IT and the convergence. And, you know, many industries that you go into, as you well know, IT in particular has, there's a lot of female management and so on and so forth. Um, what do you think is going on? I know you, you have a new group I'd love you we to do. tell our listeners about. And then what drove the... Uh, you know, to start that group? And then what do you think the opportunities are? Just kind of whatever you want to share with us. I really sure. appreciate it. You know, being a woman in the industry is different. And there are people that deny that and say it, you know, harassment or 
discrimination doesn't exist, but the fact is it does. And there's so many women that have these stories to tell. I mean, nearly every woman I know has a story, which is unfortunate. And we, you know, I've aligned myself with some very strong women and powerful women in this industry who I love, like Brandy Miranda, Corey Schaefer, Gina Sansevero. And we've always had our little, we call it our girl gang, right? We say like, hey, we should be doing this or we should be doing that. And one day uh, during the pandemic, we were having a happy hour and talking about how the number of women in the industry, it, a few years ago, I think uh, somebody published a statistic that in Pro-AV, it was 14%. And that number during the pandemic actually declined because women were leaving their jobs at a greater rate than men to stay home. And, you know, kids weren't going to school. Somebody had to be the caretaker. And a lot of women stepped up for that role, which we applaud them, but we want them in the industry. We want to keep, you know, we want our aim obviously is to be a 50, 50 split and be more reflective of the general population. So we were on a happy hour, you know, talking about that and talking about things we thought actionable items that we could take to increase those numbers and recruit women into from STEM and make the industry better and safer for women, we said, you know, why, why don't we start our own organization? And we came up with the name women in AVIT or wave it. And we, that was in 2020 and we kind of sat on it for a while. You know, we really wanted to plan this out. And now we have a wonderful board. We just launched on January 17th. We have a wonderful board with 10 women that are all passionate and all movers and shakers who actually want to do something Nobody is on the board to say, you know, I'm on a board. They're all there because they want to make, they, they, we, they want to be change makers. And so we have these actionable items that we're starting to take. Obviously, we just launched that last month. We haven't been able to do a lot of our initiatives yet, but we're going to focus on STEM recruiting for women to come into the AV and IT industries, but also younger than that. We want to college, high school, even elementary school, because it really starts there, opening up people's eyes and Frankly, I mean, Jay, how many people tell you, oh, I fell into the AV industry? It's right. not It's not like an industry that's marketed to, as part of the greater tech industry. We right. want to make sure people know that these opportunities are available and we want to take action for things like sexual harassment and assault that unfortunately does continuously happen. We want to have steps like here's what you can take and we want to be a place for everybody. We don't just want it to be about women. You know, there are so many great men that are supporters, people that are non-binary, women of color that haven't found a place where all of that falls under one organization. So we're working to be that organization. And a point of clarification, Megan, I'll let you do that STEM for any of the listeners out there that are not familiar with that term. Science, technology, engineering, math. Right. And so the listeners out there, no disrespect of anybody about anything, but you know, the, the schools today, I mean, my old high school's got a STEM program pretty much, and it's a private boys high school, uh, but whatever, most high schools, uh, maybe even grade schools, now I don't even have any idea, have some sort of uh, STEM program. So, you know, the challenge uh, in the competitive level of uh, uh, be successful these days, you almost have to have that. You almost, for, for a young person, you, you need sure, to be involved sure. in STEM, and I applaud y'all. I'm going to throw another one off the rail here on you, but because I just, I got, I read about you a lot, uh, Megan. I just don't bug you and, hey, what's this and everything? And I know you're busy, but Rosie Riveter, 
What is we Rosie, love Riveter? Rosie Riveter? So Rosie Riveter is a nonprofit organization that we are actually working with at Wave It. And essentially they provide a fun space for girls ages four to 14 to imagine, create, and play while developing their STEM skills. And one of the things I love about them is their mission is to make things challenging for young girls. Not that they want them to fail, but they want them to experience what a challenge is like and then the power that you feel when you overcome those challenges, right? Because you're not going to go to work and every day is going to be perfect. There's going to be problems right. you can't solve. You are going to have failures. It's just a part of life and letting them know that, hey, that's okay, but look how proud you are now that you've worked this all of this out. Like we want to develop confidence and that's Rosie Riveter's mission and we love them for that. And I know the Avixa Women's Council has been involved with them in the past. Uh, Wave it. They're going to be a partner with us and we're going to do as much as we can. Good deal. Well, that was my list of commercials I wanted you to do. This <laughs> <laughs> so Megan, uh, let, let's jump back into some of the questions we had prepared for you. Uh, some of these, you've done a million of these podcasts, but Talk about people who've helped you along the way in, in your career, mentors, anybody in particular, you don't have to have every one of them uh, mentioned <laughs> this afternoon, but, you know, anybody in particular that really you look back on he, she, uh, that oh, like, oh my gosh, you know, it, at a pivotal time, they were there for me. I would say, you know, honestly, there are so many people that have helped me on along the way. And I, I like to say a rising tide lifts all boats. And the people I surround myself with believe that as well. So I've been lucky to meet uh, men and women that are willing to support you and help elevate you and elevate those around you. And that's really like the heart of who I am. So when I find those people, you know, I'm like, tell me everything. One of them in particular is Hal Truax. He works for a company called Hal Te Hall Technologies. And he's been a very good sounding board for me over the years. And he introduced me to another one of my mentors, whose name is Carol Campbell. She is the founder of Women in Consumer Technology. And one of the greatest lessons I learned from her was how to connect people. Like, I really believe at this point, my mission in life is to connect people and say like, oh, I know this person and I know that person. And if they work together, they can accomplish this. And I love doing that. It makes me so happy and it's so fulfilling to me. And Carol was like the original connector. Like she, I watched her do that and I was just in awe. Like yeah. she knows so many people and she's always happy to introduce you to whoever or say like, hey, I have an idea. You should meet this person because of X, Y, Z. And so I learned a lot of those connection skills from her. And then another one is Corey Schaefer, who I mentioned is one of the founders of Wavit. I would say she is like, I like to call her like the mom of the industry. I feel like <laughs> a lot of young women look up to her and she is so kind-hearted and open to everybody. And But she also sticks up for herself. Like if you just reach out to connect with her, just to connect and say you know her or like you are you want her to do something for you, but you're not offering anything in return. It's not like a two-way exchange. She actually you know stands up for herself and says, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to do that because that you're just asking me to do something for a stranger. And that's not how I operate. You know, yes. she's not just accepting connections to connect. And I learned that from her. And I think it's a good way to be like, I love meeting new people. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes people just want to meet you. So you'll do them a favor and kind of yeah. put you aside. And I learned from her that you don't need to accept that. Yeah. It's a of sincerity and everything. Um, so let's see couple other things. You may have already answered this question, but a pivotal point 
in your career that, you know, kind of changed your trajectory? Like you mentioned, you started, I think, with Peerless, and then you went off to the, the magazine. But are there any other specific points? Maybe it's this point that just happened for you that, you know, is I think be determined about how it's all going to kind of shake loose or I don't know, any, any, any point that you want to mention about that? I don't know that there's been anything that's been pivotal. I think I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. One that sticks out to me is early on in my career, I was told by my boss, like you, I, and I was at a very low level to be fair. And he said, like, you're not the decision maker. These are the decision makers. So essentially you just do what they say. And then one day I got called in with office and was like, we need to have like a realization that you're, these people are, you're just doing whatever they say. And I went like, wait, what? <laughs> like you just told me, I don't, essentially I don't have authority. And right. he gave me permission to make decisions. And I think that made a difference for me is hearing that like, no, you should be making these decisions. And even though, you know, I was originally told, no, you're not making these decisions, but hearing that and get, being given permission to make decisions changed. I, I think I became way better at my job when I was allowed to do that. And then after that, I realized mm, I don't need to permission from anybody else to be good at my job because I am good at my job and I just need to give myself permission. I think since then, I've never let that happen again. That's great. Believed in you. So uh, interesting. And I don't know if this, uh, I was going to ask you about the, what, what the latest in AV and what are you most excited about this year? Where should business leaders in the AV or IT industry, where should they be focusing? I think that's what Launch Code is all about, right? So it's L-A-V-N-C-H-C-O-D-E.com. So check it out and you can find all the latest emerging tech news there. But I think I mentioned this earlier is virtual production is going to be huge. And we've been writing about that for quite a while, but now it's become a focus of the greater AV industry. So I think pay attention to that because there's, and this is the whole purpose of Launch Code too. There's a lot of people that we would say, well, they work in AV because they work with AV equipment. Like obviously on a virtual production set, they're using the LED screens. They're using the audio. They're using all of that. But those people would never say they work in AV. They would say they work in broadcast or production. And I think paying attention to all these people that maybe don't say they work in AV, but they do. And paying attention to the technologies they're using and what they're doing is really important. And you see that a lot with virtual production. I think we're going to see that with uh, the metaverse. However, that shakes out, you know, there's a lot yeah. of different uses. I think anything with extended reality is going to be huge. We're going to see that more and more. I think at ISE, which just happened a few weeks ago, there was so many holograms there. And I think- wow. You know, that's a technology we haven't really paid attention to in the past because I think it seems so future forward and what are the use cases in AV. And now we're seeing it, you know, people are giving keynote presentations. They're not there. They're not flying around the world. Their hologram is there. They're like things like digital avatars. And there's this one company that you go and you sit and it's a whole day and you read like 8,000 phrases or something crazy they take pictures of you in all different places and then they make your digital avatar. And they said there's use cases for that. Like major broadcasters are using that. So they don't have to come in early and do all their promos. They can just cut the promos using their digital avatar or their digital twin. We're seeing cities do that. The city of Orlando or the greater Orlando area has made a digital twin of their city. And everybody from event planners to real estate developers are using that to see what it looks like. Wow. That's a, kind of ties in sort of kind of the Microsoft and what is it, the uh, 
the AI and the what's it bot chat or something? The chat GPT. Chat chat GPT. Yeah, my son works for Microsoft and he is real jazzed about that. And I said, well, you know, as a three-time author, I'm a little troubled by the fact I could <laughs> you know, I did throw see throw all this stuff in there. Write write a book about overcoming adversity and embezzlement. And boom, boom, boom. Here comes keep swinging. No, no, that's not good. But I've they, seen um there's more to it than that, but it is interesting where the world's going, isn't it? There's what's next for you, Megan? What, what do you think? What, what, what's what's the next near future? Two, one year, two years, five years, however long you think, I think uh, that, you talk about. that AI is huge, obviously. In chat GPT, I mean, I've seen universities say, mm. Oh, um, we're not gonna write essays anymore because students are using it and they're getting scored in A. And so they're like, well, what's the point if they're using this technology, which, you know, in some cases you do want, you want them obviously to be familiar, but it can't write their whole story for them. But it, I'm talking about story, not physical story, but it is writing their physical story for them. So I think AI is really going to change a lot of things. I saw um, an article a while ago that said Google essentially has an AI that they believe is a sentient being and a whistleblower said, well, it should have its own legal representation now if it can have thoughts and feelings of its own. I mean, I think we're living in the future and having all these problems that, I mean, who would have thought even 10 years ago that we would have to be solving these problems? Like, what are robots humans? Do they have rights? <laughs> like, that's something you see in the movies, you know, not in real life, but it's happening today. And I think we're at the point where we're like, where do we go from here? Because yeah. Technology can really run your life at this point. Yeah, it really can. I thought I was, uh, I guess I was ahead of my time, but about 30 years ago, talking about diagnosing patients' problems from hundreds of miles away and the stuff called telemedicine. But, you know, you do have to keep up with it, as we know, in recent developments, even some of the companies that are out there the, that are on top one year, you know who I'm talking about, and then three mm -hmm. years later, you know, the most wildly successful technology company in the world, and then now they're having troubles and laying people off. We won't get into all that, but it's just technology moves very fast. You got to gotta keep up with it, don't you? Well, even talking about telemedicine, I wrote an article last year about how NASA beamed a hologram of their surgical, their, one of their surgeons into sp the space station. Wow. And they had a virtual visit. And then they asked, you know, the astronauts, like, how was it? And they said it was really realistic, obviously. And wow. we're, you know, now I think extended reality is, People think of gaming specifically and they wear, you know, the headsets or whatever, but there's a company, companies that are working on like glasses that you can wear, like the glasses you're wearing right now, you know, just plain glasses or even contact lenses for extended reality. So people won't even know that you're wearing them or that you can see all of that. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Well, Megan, th that's, that's a world that is really, you're better equipped to deal with it. I am at 66 years old and everything, but, uh, I really appreciate you being on the show today. It's been fascinating to hear you talk about the technologies and your path to get there. I, I know you're going to be successful. Uh, you've been a pleasure to work with, you know, in, in the past days that I've uh, uh, had interaction with you and everything. And I wish you the best of luck with Rave. I, uh, maybe just as we close it out, tell everybody about Rave and what everything, you know, the different things you guys do as a company. Sure. So we have uh, two divisions, essentially, Rave which is Rave Publications, which has been around since the early 2000s. Gary Kay founded it, and it covers traditional audiovisual. So, you know, you'll see speakers, displays, all of that stuff. Uh, and then we have Launch, which 
there's two parts. Launch is our virtual events platform. So we offer a lot of free education on there. We have Launch Week 7 coming up soon, uh, lavnch.com. And you can see all of those, you know, people can get their Avixa CTSRUs on most of our events. And then we have Launch Code, which is our previously mentioned Emerging Technologies publication. And all of that together, it's really fun working with the team because I work a lot with the Rave Pubs team and you know, they let me write for them whenever I get like, oh, I want to write about AV today. There you <laughs> so go. Like, go for it, do it. And then we collaborate. Steph and I collaborate a lot on launch for our events with our speakers. And uh, Launch Code is my baby. And I'm excited to continue seeing it take off. Well, I'm sure it'll be successful. Um, and wish you nothing but the best. Uh, Megan Dunham, uh, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having and, uh, me. Best of luck uh, going forward, and uh, let's stay in touch. And uh, you guys uh, keep keep uh, getting after that new technology. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. To learn more from Jay, subscribe to the Extra Innings podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave a review and let us know what you'd like to hear in future episodes. You can also learn more about Jay by visiting www.jmyersceo.com, where you'll find information on Jay's books, upcoming events, and how to get in touch.